Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. I'm so glad to be in God's house today and uh, excited for what God is going to do. We're going to go today to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Read verses 1 through 4, and um, such an honor, and so terrifying every time to get to speak to this great church, and I'm excited for what, for what I feel God is, has given me today. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor, for the, for the invitation. We just honor you, and uh, we love you and your family. Continuing with our accidentally agnostic series. And I'm going to be talking today about the doctrine of prayer. And I realize that I am addressing the Anchor Church, who has prayer revivals. And so I'm going to do my best to, uh, to contribute what I feel. But I realize that uh, that prayer is a part of this church. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful, I'm thankful that prayer is a part of your life. And... Uh, believe that God's going to help us today. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good. And it is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of truth. We're talking today about accidentally agnostic and the doctrine of prayer. I've learned that that if you don't know why you believe in prayer, you eventually won't. And so this may not be for everybody, but I do believe that it's for somebody. And if you could just one more time, put your Bibles down and raise your hands and let's ask God to to speak to us today. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Ask that you would speak to us in a special way. God, let our spirit be sensitive to what you're saying to the church today, God. God, give us an urgency and an unction, Lord to believe and to follow after your word. We're trusting in you today to do a special work, and we ask it in your name. Help me sing this. I need the oh, I You give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for standing. You can, you can be seated. The doctrine of prayer. E.M. Bounds said that there's no erudition, there's no purity of diction. 
There's no width of mental outlook. There's no flowers of eloquence. There's no grace of person can atone for lack of fire. Prayer ascends by fire. Flame gives prayer access as well as wings. Acceptance as well as energy. And there is no incense without fire. And there is no prayer without flame. Prayer is most often the one thing that we can all agree that is important. We can all agree that it's, that it's necessary. We can all agree that prayer is vital to our spiritual life. And simultaneously, it is also the one thing that I think we could all agree that we can do better at and do more of. And the question that I've come to address this morning is why is there such a disconnect from people that know that they should pray, but to put it plainly, they don't pray. We can talk about prayer, but not pray. We can read about prayer, but not pray. We can hear about prayer, and we can even preach about prayer, but not pray. Billy Graham regretted at the close of his life that he wished that he would have preached less and prayed more. Oswald Chamber wrote, prayer does not fit us for the greater works. Prayer is the greater work. R.A. Torrey said that there have been revivals without much preaching, but there has never been a mighty revival without mighty prayer. However, despite all of this, many still suffer from acute prayerlessness. Believers can become spiritually sick, and it's a very terminal disease called prayerlessness. Prayerless people, they... They develop this through either doubt or through apathy. People with little or no faith, they don't pray. You can come to church and you can worship a God that you don't pray to. And you can become accidentally agnostic in what you believe. If we are not praying, we can become practicing atheists because in our heart of hearts, we do not really believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of them who diligently seek them. Prayerless people long ago compromised by allowing lesser loves to consume their every waking moment. The truth is, is we talk to those that we love. So our silence with God is a measure of a loveless condition. In his book on prayer, Ken Gurley states that, that much faith plus much love equals much prayer. Little faith plus little love equals little prayer. And no faith plus no love equals no prayer. Simply put, People who believe will also pray. People who love God and want to talk to Him, they will, they will pray. 
If we aren't believing and if we aren't talking, then we're not praying. Prayer, however, it has no substitute. It must always exist within the lives of God's people. And each generation must build its own altar of prayer. For in the spiritual realm, who we are is based upon how we pray. Leonard Ravenhill wrote, No man is greater than his prayer life. The goal of the believer should be more than than only being a man or a woman that prays, but rather being a man or a woman of prayer. We are busier than ever. We maximize our productivity and saturated with entertainment. And consequently, we continually struggle to figure out where God fits in the midst of all of that. A great danger that that we face is what Charles Hume will call the tyranny of the urgent. And this is when we let urgent things crowd out what we view to be necessary. Lesser priorities seek to occupy the place that God once held supreme in our lives, and we all suffer because of it. And why? Why should people pray? If we are only viewing prayer as simply a way to get an answer, then believers may consult any manner of search engine or chat GPT as a resource because God takes time and Google does not. A present condition of prayerlessness is a result of a broken down altar that can only be rebuilt by a devotion to prayer. Or to say it another way, change requires intentional prayerfulness. Paul told believers in Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 1, Be ye followers of me even as I also am of Christ. Prayer can be taught. Prayer can and should be caught. But prayer more than anything else must be sought. I'm thankful for every prayer that has ever been prayed over me. I believe in every prayer that I have prayed over somebody else. However, we must all acknowledge today and recognize that there is no substitute in praying ourselves. And so why pray? When did people begin to pray? Prayer is first mentioned and found in Genesis chapter 4 verse 26. And to Seth, to him also There was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. At least two centuries had passed since Adam and Eve had been banished from the Garden of Eden. Cain had slayed Abel. Paradise appeared lost. However, when Seth's firstborn son Enos arrived. We read that people began to seek after God. What convinced them that God wanted to hear their voice? There were no Bibles. There were no churches. There were no prayer charts. There were no books. 
there was no first word doctrine at the greatest church in the world talking about prayer. But regardless, there was something within them that was created and desired to call upon the name of the Lord. Genesis chapter 1 is full of examples of where God called or God spoke things into existence. And man alone, no animals, no fish, no fowl, nothing else. God alone gave man the ability to call in a similar manner. Because the voice of his creation has power before the throne of grace. Then began men to call upon the name. Here's a foundational principle of prayer, that God longs to hear our voice. God longs to commune with his creation. Prayer is not a random occasional act or some hidden miss walking with God, but, but it's this, this continual communing with God, and it causes us to recognize our daily need of him and to be in his presence at all times. Prayer is a constant reminder and a confession that we do truly need him. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. Luke 18.1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Prayer was never intended to be optional. It has always been created to be essential. In his book on prayer, Verbal Being teaches that our opening text on 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it gives us what he calls in his book, channels of approach to the king. And that's through supplications, through prayers, through intercessions, and through giving of thanks. Paul is, is giving us this roadmap that within scripture, that, that, that prayers can be multifaceted by design. To be clear, Paul lists four types of prayers, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. Supplication is the first channel mentioned by Paul, and it's this Greek word that's desis, and it, it can be translated as the petition or that's entreaty. It is the idea that someone that, that has a heartfelt, this, this genuine, this, this urgent need, someone who needs to seek assistance from someone else. Jacob prayed a supplicant, desperate prayer when he said, and, and let me go for the day breaketh. And he, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. That, that, that's a supplication. That's a supplicant prayer. It's a desperation, burdensome prayer. The second approach that Paul lists is, is prayers. Now, this seems redundant. How can prayers be a type of prayer? The word prayers in Greek is this word I can't say, and, and it means one of two things in the New Testament. It means a prayer to God or a place of prayers, and it's used 37 times in the New Testament. This is addressing talking to God and to meeting with God regularly and purposefully prayer because it is associated with both an action and a place. This is intentional. This is devotional. This is daily. The third approach is intercession. And this word that is used for intercession is only used twice in the New Testament. And it means that 
intervene on another's behalf. An intercessor is, is one who stands in the gap for someone else, and they act as a bridge for an answer or for a blessing for that person. Lastly, Paul tells us of a prayer that he calls giving of thanks or of thanksgiving. And it is this companion root word of the Greek word charis, which means praise. Paul urges us to maintain a constant consciousness and everything that we are and everything that we have and everything that we hold is the result of God's great grace. Notice that all four prayers that Paul mentions are in the plural form. Supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgivings. Prayers are meant to be constant. Prayers are meant to be repetitive in the kingdom of God. There are not some solitary path for a few elect individuals, but rather they are channels to engage in the constant commerce of the king. Which continues to beg the question, why do we pray? And this is the main point today. If you don't catch anything else, catch this. The reason why we pray is because when we call upon the name of the Lord and we begin to lift up our voice, God hears Whenever we begin to lift up our voice, the entire development of the world, the, the whole thing of it all is that God hears our prayers. When you pray, when you call upon the name of the Lord, the God that sits on the circle of the earth, and that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth him out as a tent to dwell in, that same God hears your prayer. Say, my prayer. He hears my prayer. He hears my voice. God consistently is moved in response to your prayers. Why do we pray? Because God hears us when we pray. It's not about faith. It's about what you have faith in. We have faith in the creator of all, and he hears us when we pray. The Bible recounts the story in Daniel chapter 10, verses 1 through 12. Uh, I'm going to read it all for context. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I'm not talking about the Daniel fast. Don't get worried. I ate no pleasant bread. Neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the four and twentieth day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hydekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and I looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphus. This is an angel that, David, that Daniel was seeing. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in the color to polished brass, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone, saw the vision. 
for the men that were with me saw not the vision. But a great quaking fell upon them so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone. And saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, when thou didst set thine heart to understanding and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. And I am come for thy words. From the very first prayer, from the very first day, God heard the words of Daniel. There was a fight. Daniel continued to pray. There was a resistance. God continued to pray. The answer didn't show up right when he thought it was going to, but he continued to pray. But that doesn't neglect the fact that God heard on the first day and dispatched an angel on the first day. And not only does God hear, but he responds to our words. Thy words were heard, Daniel. But more than that, I have come because of your words. Not only does God hear what we say, but God, resp God responds to what we say. God is moved by our words. God responded on that first day that Daniel began to seek the Lord, because as Daniel 4, 17 says, to the intent of the living, that's you and that's me, that they may know that the Most High, it rules in the kingdom of men, and it giveth to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over the basis of men. God is involved in our life. God takes interest in what we do, and he is, and he is moved by the words that we pray, not only does he hear them, but he responds to our words. We pray. Why? We pray because it opens up the heavenlies to our earthly parameters. And it opens up God to be able to work into our life. We are joining in a partnership with the Almighty. And we are bringing him down into our situation because he rules in the kingdom of men. He rules in your world. He wants to take dominion over things in your life. He wants to open doors. My God. He wants to move in everything that you have, in every facet that you're a part of. If you would just invite him, if you would just commune with him, if you would just join with him. Prayer, it puts me into alignment with what God is doing. Prayer, bring, 
brings me into alignment with what the Spirit is saying to the church. If you're out of alignment, pray. If you don't see God working, pray. If you're confused, pray. If it doesn't make sense, pray. If you're not hearing from God, pray. If you want to have a relationship with Him, pray. If you want to hear from heaven, pray. If you want to open up the heavens to your situations, pray. My God, I want to be in alignment with what God is doing. Ian Bounds wrote, prayer, it lifts men out of the earthliness and it links them with the heavenly. Men are never nearer heaven. Men are never nearer God. They are never more God-like. They are never in deeper sympathy and truer partnership with, with Jesus than when we are praying. If you want to be more like God, pray. If you want to feel more of God's heart, pray. The only way that we come in alignment with Him is through prayer. Joshua chapter 10, verse 12, says it like this. Then spake Joshua to the Lord. What was he doing? He was praying. He spake to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon. And thou moon in the valley of Agilon. You ready? And the sun stood still. And the moon stayed. Until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So that the sun stood still in the midst of heaven. And hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before or after that the Lord hearkened unto what? The voice of a man. Not only did he hear it, for the Lord fought. <laughs> for the Lord fought for Israel. Not only did he hear the voice of a man, not only did he listen to what the voice of the man was, but he responded to the voice of a man. Because the Lord is engaged in the kingdom of men. He's involved in what we're involved in. He partakes in what we are. He looks over the affairs of men. He hearkened unto the voice of a man. And he fought for Israel. God not only hears your voice. Despite our current situation, despite wherever we find ourselves, whenever we begin to call upon the name of, his, of the Lord, we step out of our location and we begin to enter in to his presence. And we begin to see things the way that God, the way that God sees them. And he reveals to us things that we don't make sense, things that, that we don't understand because, because we're, we're connected 
We're in alignment with his will when we pray. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, call unto me, and I will answer thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. You understand what God is doing? You want to understand the will of God? You never will unless you pray. You never will unless you bring yourself into alignment. You never will unless you call upon the name of the Lord in your situation. This morning, I close with this last verse. You can stand. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. The admonishment from the Apostle Peter about the warning of the end, it encompassed only one thing, prayer. In the last days, when God's going to pour out His Spirit, at the end of all of this, how do you want to be in tune with the Spirit? How do you want to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church? How do you want to be involved in the hand of God moving? Pray. It's a simple simple message today. Why do we pray? It's because it involves us and it engages us in the journey. The signs of the times today, they demand nothing less from us than what Peter wrote. When you see the end, pray. When you see the coming, pray. When you want to be involved in what God's doing in the last days, pray. When you want to be in tune with the Spirit of God, pray. When you want to know what the Spirit is saying, pray. I feel something. Just, just lift your hand. Could you just could you just seek people that are called by my name when they'll humble themselves and pray then I will hear them from heaven Woo! Oh, what peace we often feel. Oh, what needless pain that we bear. I'm done. All because 
we do not carry everything. Everything to God in prayer. These altars are open. You can do with this what you want. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.